When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Intel stock a good buy right now? We're tackling this question today. Welcome to Global Value. In this video, we'll thoroughly analyze Intel Corporation INTC stock, inspired by Warren Buffett, a legendary investor. We'll focus on the financial metrics Buffett values most and calculate three fair values for Intel, giving us a clear picture of its market worth. Stick around until the end. Our final fair value and rating could surprise you. Plus, I'll share a key metric that might sway your decision on INTC stock. Is Intel an investment opportunity you shouldn't miss? Let's discover together. Right now, Intel stock trades for $39.43 per share. Year-to-date, they beat the market. Intel's up 43%, which crushes the S&P 500. That's only up 15%. But in the last five years, it's a totally different story. Intel's down 19% overall. In the last decade, they're only compounding at 4.5% annually. When we go back before the global financial crisis, Intel was neck and neck with the market for much of this time. Although they've only compounded at 2% annually, they've really declined by quite a bit since 2021. But that's not all for shareholders. Right now, Intel pays an above average 2.56% dividend yield. Their average yield in this time is added to the gains in their stock. But the burning question is, why should we be paying close attention to Intel? Right now, the company trades at about its 52-week highs. These are up $15 from its 52-week lows. Around 1.5% of their shares are sold short. And how big is Intel? They're a huge company with a $162 billion market cap. Intel's a popular stock, but what do they actually do? Intel is a leading digital chip maker focused on the design and manufacturing of microprocessors for the global personal computer and data center markets. Intel pioneered the x86 architecture for microprocessors, and was the prime proponent of Moore's Law for advances in semiconductor manufacturing. Intel remains the market share leader in central processing units, or CPUs, in both the PC and server end markets. Intel has also been expanding into new adjacencies, such as communications infrastructure, automotive, and Internet of Things. Further, Intel expects to leverage its chip manufacturing capabilities into an outsourced foundry model where it constructs chips for other companies. Recently, Intel announced plans to list their programmable chips unit. This is supposed to come in the next two to three years and follows the listing of Mobileye, another unit which IPO'd in 2022. Now with this understanding, let's dive deep into their numbers. Starting with metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. A normal business earns 7% returns on capital. When we look for a benchmark that's double this, we can build in margin of safety based on the quality of the business. Intel's returns on capital have declined in each of the last five years. These were way above a normal business for four of these last five years, although they were declining already going into 2021. Since then, these fell off a cliff. In 2022, they earned just 1.5% returns on capital. In their last 12 months, they actually have negative returns. This comes as their earnings and cash from operations are way down, which is how this is calculated, amidst a broader downturn for some of these semiconductor companies. Still, when these are averaged out, amazingly, Intel earns 16% returns on capital in a given year. You really need to watch the trend for this business, as the semiconductor industry is cyclical in nature. 
However, because these are above average, it's a check on metric number one. Metric number two, we want to see growth in the business. Intel was growing for most of this time, but since 2021, they've been declining. Their revenues peaked at $79 billion in 2021. Since then, these are down. They're down about 25% from where they were at in 2018. At the same time, with a lot of plant property and equipment because of their massive and expensive semiconductor fabs, Intel has a lot of fixed assets. So as their sales declined, their earnings and free cash flows did as well. They had $8 billion in earnings in 2022. In their last 12 months, they've actually lost money. This is also the same with their free cash flows. They've consumed $19 billion of cash in their last 12 months without having positive free cash flows. All three of these are down. This means it's an X on metric number two for Intel. Metric number three, we want earnings per share growth. This looks at Intel from the view of an individual shareholder. In this time, we just learned their earnings are negative today. Their earnings per share were trending upward until 2021. Then again, they fell off a cliff. Surprisingly, Intel's bought back 11.5% of their shares in the last five years. This comes at a time where most of these buybacks occurred for much higher prices than what the company trades at today. The company also reduced their dividend to save cash. They've stopped returning as much capital to shareholders as they're reinvesting it in their business. Still, right now, they're getting low returns on capital. If a company buys back shares above its fair market value, this actually destroys value for shareholders. It's like lighting cash on fire. That's why our fair market value at the end of our video will be so important for Intel. With their earnings per share negative today, it's an X on metric number three. What will the company's numbers look like in the rest of our analysis? Metric number four, we want free cash flow per share growth. This is similar to our last metric. Their free cash flows have been negative in 2022 and their last 12 months. Because of this, even with their share buybacks, their cash flows per share are down. It's another X on metric number four. So far, Intel has one check and three Xs through four metrics. Before we look at their balance sheet and get into our valuations, why don't we check in on our bonus? Right now, Intel pays an above average 2.56% dividend yield, but is it safe and can these grow in the future? That's what we're trying to figure out through our bonus. Intel supported their dividends in four of their last five fiscal years. However, they did not support these in 2022. They don't support them today either. Also, a big hit came for long-term shareholders, dividend and income investors when Intel cut their dividend earlier in 2023. While they still pay dividends, this is down around 50 cents per share from where they were at in previous years. Dividends should really be one of management's lowest priorities for free cash flow. As they're so inefficient, they're taxed at both the corporate and personal level. So it is interesting to see that Intel is spending more to reinvest in their business, but they've definitely kept the capital they're giving back to shareholders. Their dividends are both down and they're not supported today. This is not what we want to see. It's an X on our bonus. In recessions, it's businesses with too much debt that can have the biggest losses. Metric number five, we want their net debt to be below the sum of their free cash flows in their last five years. Intel had pretty much the same levels of net debt until recently. They ended 2022 with $12.8 billion in net debt. Today, this has increased to $22.7 billion, the highest they've been at over this time. This comes at a time when their free cash flows are negative in their last two years. Still, when we add up their last five fiscal years of free cash flow, Intel's brought in $52 billion worth. That's enough to support their debt position in any of these years and today, meaning this is a check on our bonus. Free cash flows can be lumpy year to year. That's why we're taking an average here. Still, it's a potential concern for shareholders that their free cash flows are negative. This comes as the company's spending more on capital expenditures to build new fabs and expand their business. 
while also their cash from operations are suffering as these have declined. That's a one-two punch that can be tough to stomach in the short term. Ultimately, we'll see if Intel's management can right the ship. Now, how much is Intel worth? The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want Intel's average five-year free cash flow divided by their enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. This is the first of our three valuation metrics. This is the first of our three valuations. It looks at Intel like a private company by combining their net debt and their market cap together. Right now, they have a $188 billion enterprise value. We learned in their last five years, they brought in $52 billion of free cash flow. This means they bring in $10.4 billion in an average year over this time. When that's divided by their enterprise value, we get a 5.6% average free cash flow yield. Today, they have negative free cash flow. They've consumed $10 billion in cash in their last 12 months. This means they have a negative current free cash flow yield. As mentioned, free cash flow can fluctuate year to year. That's why we're taking this average. While their current and average yields are at odds with one another, we're looking at an average here. This means this is technically a check on metric number six. Don't make a decision on the business. We still have two more valuations you'll want to see before our final fair market price and rating, which may surprise you. Everything we've covered so far is important, but there's something that's missing. This, in my opinion, is one of the main reasons to analyze Intel. It brings us to use a discounted cash flow model to estimate their fair value per share. This type of model is based on a company's predictability. Like any other model, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. We'll start with an average of their free cash flows in their last three years. Then we'll take historical assumptions to grow these into the future. It's up to you to figure out if they'll be accurate or not for Intel. If we assume they grow their average free cash flows at 7% in each of the next 10 years, then in the following decade, we'll assume that these grow at 3.5% annually. We're also going to add in the company's tangible book value to give an estimate of their net worth. If we want a market beating 15% rate of return, which is what Warren Buffett looks for from his investments. At today's valuation multiples, an estimate of Intel's fair value per share is around $32. Keep some key points in mind. This is a rough estimate for the company as they have low business predictability in their past. That could also be the case going forward for the business. Also, the company has negative earnings and free cash flows today. This makes their valuations way less accurate for the business going forward. If we look at where they trade compared to their sales, this is about in line with where they've been at in the past 10 years. During that time, they've underperformed the market. We're also going to use a guru-focused fair value for Intel. Right now, this comes in at $32 per share. This includes their business predictability, analyst estimates for the future, and where they've traded at compared to past multiples. It, again, is going to be a rough estimate for Intel. So far, we've covered many of the numbers Warren Buffett cares about, but it's the qualities of a business that are even more important to him. Let's learn what these are for Intel. We're going to start with a long thesis. Number one, the AI semiconductor market is booming, and Intel is one of the few merchants with a diverse enough portfolio to serve a larger portion of the market. Number two, Intel is making some smart moves in its turnaround plans, such as shedding some non-core businesses, spinning off shares of its attractive automotive business, Mobileye, and seeking innovative co-investment partnerships with financial firms. This includes the company building a semiconductor fab with private equity partner Brookfield. Number three, Intel is one of the largest semiconductor companies in the world and holds the lion's share of the PC and server processor markets. But every company has its negatives. Let's look at a short thesis for Intel as well. Number one, NVIDIA's GPUs have captured most of the artificial intelligence accelerator market, and cloud computing spending may continue to shift toward these GPUs and hyperscaler-specific processors and away from Intel's products over time. 
Number two, even if Intel can regain manufacturing parity with TSMC, AMD now sits as a far more credible chip designer in the x86 space for PC and server CPUs. Number three, Intel encountered significant manufacturing delays in years past, and there's no guarantee that it can execute well in its aggressive aspirations to develop five process nodes in four years. Now let's put all those factors together as we give Intel a rating and we estimate their fair market value. This far in our stock analysis of Intel stock ticker INTC, they've gone three for six on our select six analysis, although their financials have looked a lot rougher in the last couple of years than where they've been at historically. Even though they have negative earnings and free cash flows today, these look better on an average basis. So let's see if Intel can turn things around. When we put together all our valuation estimates, we get a total market value of $36 per share. That's just a few dollars below their current stock price. Right now, there's a street target for Intel of just under $38 per share. Right around their current stock price seems appropriate. This fair value calls into questions their share buybacks, many of which occurred at prices much higher than this. That likely destroyed value for shareholders, at least in the short to medium term. We'll see what the future holds for Intel. Altogether, Intel looks interesting. They may be a turnaround play, but they have one of their most storied engineers at the helm, someone who's been there a long time and has practically devoted much of his life to Intel. So this begs the question, does Warren Buffett own Intel? No, but these super investors do. Right now, Intel is owned by David Tepper, Prem Watsa, and Berkshire Hathaway director Chris Davis. Warren Buffett briefly did used to own Intel. Back in 2011, he bought into the company before selling out in the second quarter of 2012. If you enjoyed today's INTC stock analysis, like it, subscribe to the channel for more, share your thoughts in the comments below, and watch this next video.